I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, March 27, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Mr. Market says, let the games begin as if they weren't already being played. We're playing around with 280.40. You'll see another number on the chart, 281.50. We'll get into the significance of that in a few moments, but let's talk about the bigger picture just to recap so we can get a handle on where we are and what the bigger picture really looks like. Again, we're going to split some of the discussion into short-term stuff and then some of it into slightly longer-term stuff. And at the time, I'll let you know whether we're talking about weeks or months ahead. So where are we? We had a reversal on last Friday. Ever since then, the market has really been playing around with 280.40, testing it from the underside, closing above it yesterday, now closing back below it today, but opening above today. So there is a significance to 280.40, but like we've been saying for the last couple of days, it begins to change. It begins to get diminished. The more the market beats on a certain number, the less significance it has over time. And then all of a sudden, it's just not significant any longer. We're getting to that point with 280.40. You'll notice I have another number. It's a little bit thinner of a trend line, but another number at 281.50. We're going to get to that in a moment. And I think I already said that, so we might as well go for three times a charm. But we have to understand both sides of the market. We have to understand the northern side. We have to understand the southern side. Who has the ball right now? Is it the bulls or the bears? I would say the ball's bouncing around, and I think they're both scrambling for it. That's the way I see the market. However, as usual, the market is giving us some clues There is some evidence of what's going on, so let's talk about it. So if we pull back the curtain and look at it from a longer-term perspective, I can certainly continue to make the case this is an up move, and I could even start it from way back here. It doesn't matter. And we're just pulling back in a flag pattern that could set up for another move higher. Here's the thing. The daily chart really still is technically in an uptrend. So until and unless that changes we can still work higher. However, we're running out of time. And I always get a lot of questions when I say we're running out of time. What do you mean? How do you decipher time? How do I know when time is up? Well, I'll give you a couple of clues. When the market topped out in 2018, it went down into Christmas for about three months. Christmas until right about now is about three months, give or take. We don't have to get specific to the day. We're in that time zone. So we always discuss the fact that markets make the larger moves in a trend for about three months. Sometimes they're nine weeks. Sometimes they're four months. But somewhere in that neighborhood, that's the normal garden variety type of time frame we're looking at that the market makes these moves within a trend. Now, you would say, well, are we in a downtrend from the larger perspective, 
Or are we in an uptrend from the larger perspective? In the context of this conversation, it really doesn't matter because one of those two moves was counter trend. Either the initial down move was counter to the larger uptrend or the recent move from the December lows is counter to a change in trend which is now down. We don't necessarily need to discuss that now. It doesn't matter. It's been about three months. So we're looking for signs and signal of a trend change. So here's a couple of other things that we have to keep in mind. It's hard to kill a bull. Right now, for the last three months on the daily chart, we're in a bull market. They don't give up the ghost so easily. But once again, we're running out of time. So it'll be harder and harder to push the market higher. In April, we're going to get into earnings season. Companies will report their numbers. Stocks will go up. Stocks will go down. However, volatility will expand. The intraday range will continue to expand. That becomes a trader's paradise. So you put these couple of things together. They're both puzzle pieces. One is we're running out of time. Number two is we're getting into earnings season, which should have an increase in volatility. That coupled with the fact that we're running out of time. We've had a tremendous rally off the December lows. And now let's get into what we're going to hang our hat on on the short term to decipher whether or not the market still has another push higher or will we be capped on the upside. I said we would discuss that 281.50 trend line. So there's your third time. Third time is the charm. So here we are and you can see on the hourly chart that 281.50 comes in right above the 50-period moving average on the hourly chart. Okay, so that's somewhat important. There's overhead resistance there, but what's also the significance of the 281.50? Well, what it really is, is the high of this breakdown candle. The high is officially 281.47. I rounded up the number to 281.50. So here's what we're going to do. On an hourly basis, and here's how we chunk down the market to the intraday moves. If we begin closing hourly above 281.50, that's going to be a bullish sign, and there's likely higher prices coming. We're likely not finished with the upside just yet. Remember, we're coming into the end of the quarter. We discussed that the other day. The first of the month tends to have a lot of money flow. Not all the time, doesn't mean it can't be a down day, but it tends to have a lot of money flow. So you have to just put together the short term, the picture on the charts, the puzzle, and understand what might happen over the next couple of three days may not be indicative of what might happen over the next 45 to 60 days. You can read between the lines on that one. Now, just looking at this hourly chart, we can see here a tail candle and the market has begun trading away to the northern side of that tail candle. What's it likely going to do under normal market conditions? Well, it's going to make a run for and a test of the breakdown candle high. That comes in right around the 50 period moving average. If we happen to gap above it tomorrow, that would be bullish. If we happen to run into it, it will be important to see if the market can muster enough strength to get through that area. That would be bullish. If not, the other side comes into play and likely the Bears pick up the ball and they run downfield 
and they'll start heading right for today's lows at a bare minimum. How do you know the Bears have the ball? If they begin trading below 279, closing even 10-minute candles below 279, they're likely going to at least test today's lows, if not lower. Doesn't mean they have to fall apart, but that would be the first area of common sense that they would likely test. In the morning, the Inside the Numbers members will have more specific information on what's going on based on A, where the market is opening, the pre-market activity, and then what's going on during the morning. My favorite market leading indicator, what's going on over in the IWM camp? Well, what's interesting is a couple of things. A, we filled a gap and we bounced pretty rapidly away from that gap. So the gap we're discussing, I'll just move the chart over, the gap we're discussing was at 150.28. So we hit that gap and we traded away from it. So if you look at, we'll bring up the 10-minute chart, you can see on the 10-minute chart, here's where the market made a low, and we rallied pretty nicely away from that. That's bullish behavior. It doesn't have to be bullish for days to come, but it's bullish that day. What do we have when we take a look at the hourly chart? So I think we have something interesting. We have a breakdown candle. This is the candle that occurred and closed at 11.30 a.m. today. So what's interesting is we made the low and then we rallied away, but we were never able to close above the high of the breakdown candle. So here it is. The high is 151.63. This candle closed at 151.56 and this candle closed higher but yet closed at 151.61, two pennies below the important number, but yet below the important number. They spiked it, but they weren't able to close above it. So right now, that's still bearish. That still has the IWM on the hourly chart pointing downward. So this is the way we pick apart the market. We look at every chart independent of each other. And when charts begin to confirm each other, that's when we see a trade on our hands. Is the daily chart of the IWM bullish or bearish? It's bearish. It can certainly make a run for the high of the breakdown candle, the 20-period moving average, up around 154. But until and unless it closes above that area, it's bearish and will likely be working its way lower. So again, let's not mix up what might occur over the next several days to what's likely to occur over the next 45 to 60 days. Remember, even if we get some kind of a melt-up scenario in the S&P, and the IWM only gets up to this area, I'm just drawing an arbitrary line somewhere in this neighborhood, and still fails, that would be what we call a non-confirmation. That's also bearish. Now let's look at the bullish case for a second as a just-in-case. So we have this big move up from the December lows, and now we basically have been making a flag pattern, if you want to look at it this way, and that would say another move higher is coming. Now, if that was the case, and we started trading above these highs, that would likely put the S&P at new all-time highs. Is that likely or unlikely? It's possible. My opinion is I think it's unlikely. We have to discuss it. We have to be aware of it. We don't have to like it or not like it. It's just a thing. It's information. You start trading below the 100 period moving average here in the IWM and that whole discussion goes right out the window. So it's just a discussion. We always look at both sides of the market.
Might as well look at the VIX. So here we have on the VIX, we came down to about 12. I thought we were going to go a little bit lower. I was waiting with both hands out below 12, but we never got there. But here's what we have. We have a breakup candle. So as long as the VIX stays closing daily above the low of that breakup candle, then this is setting up for another run higher. That would mean the stock market is likely setting up for another run lower. Again, this can take a few days to develop. We're leading into the end of the month. We have the first day of the month that does have money flows. Can be a down day. I'm just bringing it to our attention. It's not really a puzzle piece. I'm just mentioning it. It's something to have in the back of your mind, way in the back of your mind. Here's the other side of the VIX. Here's what we also know. If we close any day below the low of this breakup candle, there's likely lower prices coming in the VIX, and we will likely probably go below 12. I will be a willing participant below 12 in the VIX. What's going on over in the transportation department? So the transports are trying to work their way to get above the convergence and what will be the convergence of the 20 and the 50 period moving average. It happens to also coincide with the high of the last breakdown candle. So if in fact the transports can get above that area, they can do a little more work to the upside, but there has been some damage done. So the transports, similar to the IWM, look different than the S&P 500, for example. And therefore, even if we did get a push higher in the S&P, we could potentially get a non-confirmation in the transports along with the IWM. So I'm watching carefully. Again, let's try and separate what might happen over the next few days to what might happen over the longer term. What's going on over in the tech sector? So looking at the queues, we came in to basically touch the 20 period moving average. Bounced off of it pretty nicely, so we're still in an uptrend. Technically speaking, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the queues. We can't overlook that. This is a puzzle piece. It's not a small puzzle piece. It's not an enormous one right now, but it's a pretty decent-sized puzzle piece. We have to respect the fact that the cues have not cracked at all. What's the other side of that? It's top-heavy, which is why I don't love it as a market-leading indicator, and I really don't use it as a market-leading indicator. I'm discussing it, but I don't use it as a leading indicator. Here's the deal. It's top-heavy to the FANG stocks and a handful more. If that makes up 50 or 60 or even more percent of the total of the queues, what we also know is when everybody runs for the exit at the same time, and we know that that's going to happen at some point in time, it's hard to get out and they fall really, really hard and really, really fast. So while this looks like in an uptrend now, doesn't hurt to look around the corner and take a peek at some of the other things that most people aren't looking at. Something to keep our eye on. I think I'll keep this one on the chart. Maybe we hit that trend line. Maybe we don't. Maybe we close below it. And I think that would be another warning signal. The more ammunition we have, the better equipped we are. The less likely we are to lose, the more likely we are to win. Taking a look down at the financial district, what do we have here? This is what we have here. We discuss this all the time. If the financials aren't going to lead or at least go with the market on the upside, it's unlikely the market's going to get very far on the upside. So what do we have going on here? All of a sudden, 
We have a picture of the financials that's now below all the moving averages and has been for a few days struggling. It looks like they're going lower. Now, whether they go lower or not remains a mystery. They have to get below 25. They get below 25, there are numbers on the downside they're likely headed. If they get below 25, the market's going with them. We know this for sure. Without the financials, the markets can't get very far on the upside. And if the financials are weak and even weaker than the overall market, they are a good leading indication that's what's to come. So we have to keep our eye on the financials and make sure that we understand their position relative to the major market. Just like we discussed yesterday, energy and the financials are a tremendous component or two components of the S&P 500. So we have to pay attention to them both. Hopefully you can begin to see what's unfolding. It's like a big snowball that's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. That's the picture filling in with more puzzle pieces, more puzzle pieces, and more puzzle pieces. And what happens is, as we fill in the puzzle, we get a trade here, we get a trade there. These are base hits, base hits, base hits. But once the puzzle fills in and we get the whole picture, that's when we hit doubles, triples, and home runs. They don't come around every week. They don't come around every month. Sometimes they come around once or twice a year. We want to catch them when they come. When was the last one? Remember December. How many times for several days before Christmas we're looking for a low? Nobody was looking for a low. Here, we're in the zone for a high. We may have seen a high. There's a chance there may be a higher high. Either way, we're in the zone. Another puzzle piece, the SMH, Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. This is the proxy. This is the exchange-traded fund. This is a good indicator of the tech sector. It's weak, down 1.5%. The Qs were down less than 1%. The NASDAQ composite was down even less than the Qs. Here's an interesting one. So there's a gap. 103.90 is the gap. And we came down to make a low today above that gap. We came down to make a low of 104.12. Why not fill the gap? Why make the low where they did? Is that a sign that it's bullish? Or is that a sign that when they hit the gap, they're going to go through the gap? Well, we can't tell from the daily chart. So what's the first thing we want to do? The first thing we want to do is go to a different chart. See if another chart looks different. The hourly chart. What does that look like? That looks like it's setting up to trade into the convergence of the 120 period moving average or not and go lower. Is it going to go lower than this gap right down here about 103 and a half? Well, that's where this particular setup would take the SMH at a minimum. But it's an interesting look. It's the way we put it all together. And I just want you to be in my mind. This is how I'm doing it in real time. Let's take a detour for a second, talk about the bond market. We had that whole inverted yield discussion already. We're not going to do that again. But what we are going to do is talk a little bit about the TLT. It's a proxy for the bond market. It's 20-plus year bonds. So we're normally either talking about the 10-year bond or the 30-year bond. But here we have the TLT represents 20-plus year bond. doesn't make any difference. It's a decent proxy for the long bond. 
The other day, I said, I think the bonds have a little bit higher to go, but the media frenzy, or it's getting close, where we're likely to see a turn coming in the bond market, and a turn meaning turn down in bond prices, a turn up in yields. But I think bond prices had a little bit more to go. We talked about 127. Let's go to the weekly chart, see where we are. We're getting close. So whether it's 127 and a half, 128, 126.92, somewhere in that neighborhood is where I think we'll start to see a reversal in yields. Yields will bottom out. The media will be all in a frenzy. Their hair will be completely on fire. And that's usually close to the turn. So why do we bring this up again? Because we just talked about the financials. And I want you to be aware that when the bond yields turn up, when they bottom out, the financials are likely to get a rally. Now, if the stock market is getting killed at the same time, that could cancel out the rally. We understand that. But I just want you to be aware that if the stock market is rallying or quiet and bond yields reverse and start rising higher, the financials will participate. The theory is rising bond yields are built-in profit for the financials, so they'll start to buy the stocks. Again, barring the rest of the market falling through the trap door, that will cancel out a short-term rally in the financials. Something to be aware of, back of mind. It's not really a puzzle piece. It's really part of the instruction manual in the box. And folks, that's about everything I wanted to and intended to discuss tonight, so I think we're going to give it a wrap here. I'm David Frost my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.